Wonderful. All right, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. That's where our morning uh, message will be from, or at least that's where it will start from. Um, trust that you're well. Uh, do we say Happy Easter? I guess we can. Why not? Happy Easter. Hope you've uh, had a blessed Easter. I tell you what, it's always a blessing when you put your focus on Christ. Because, you know, one thing about Jesus, he never changes. And boy, in a, in a world that is full of changes and turmoil, and can we say upsets sometimes, it's just good to focus on Christ and just say, you haven't changed, uh, you're with us, you were with me the day you found me and I got saved. How many people remember the day you got saved? He did that for you. He did that for you. Uh, you're, you're already numbered amongst a special few, frankly, in the whole world who know him. And he found you. He found you where you were in your life before. And so, you know, we focus on Christ. You found us. You saved us. Listen, it was always, always about him, wasn't it? Uh, he's the, he's the centre. And uh, so it's good when you get your eyes on Jesus and you get your heart and your spirit on Christ, other things will find their peace. But we just need to rest our eyes on Christ. And, and it's good. It's good today. Today is uh, what the world calls Resurrection Sunday. And uh, it's the day when people, believers around the world, uh, remember the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I have, a, I have a message. I have three points in my message. Why are you telling us that? I kind of believe Easter's a little bit like Christmas. I don't want to keep you here a long time, all right? So, so I know you feel good immediately about that. It, does, it doesn't mean it will translate into that, but I'm declaring my intent. Uh, so uh, it's Resurrection Sunday. Uh, believers all around the world, and let me tell you that this, this is a bigger event globally than even Christmas. So... so uh, what is happening all over the world, in the Arab world, uh, uh, in the Middle East generally, uh, in the East, in Asia, uh, in Europe, uh, in Australia, all over the world, people are gathering to remember uh, Christ alive and risen from the dead and they're particularly remembering it today. And did you know that it has been the custom of Christians through the years uh, for many, many centuries when they greet each other on this day, and some of you from other cultural backgrounds have already experienced this, they greet each other by saying, good morning, he is risen. That's what they say, good morning, he is risen. I've already got a number of text messages this morning, he is risen, and uh, he is risen, he is, he is risen, and that's a, that's a wonderful thing. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I picked this reading because it, it gives us some detail uh, about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to remind ourselves this morning that Christ's resurrection was a bodily resurrection. You say, is that point one? No, no, we're a long way from that. Uh, it's, uh, it, was a, it was a bodily resurrection. And the reason that's important is because, you know, if, if, if you say to someone, look, I saw his ghost or I saw a spirit, you know, this is happening all over the world. Uh, but, but this text, the scripture makes clear to us, when I say text, it's the word of God, but this is also a historical account. This, this, this is not, you know, this is teaching, but this is, this is historical account. 
And when Jesus rose bodily from the dead, he did something that nobody else had done. Uh, and, and let's be clear, the Bible says that he was seen. He was seen. Uh, he, was, he was touched. You know, this wasn't something where they saw, a, you know, a movement of light through a dark space in the night and said, I think it's him. Now, that happens in Thailand all the time. Every time somebody dies in Thailand, we go through this. Uh, people will say, you know, I was driving my motorcycle home at night and, you know, they'll have one street light in the whole town and I looked over to his girlfriend's house and I saw him standing out the front. And when they tell that, all the Thais will go, <gasps> you know, and these stories surface all the time whenever someone dies and, and they're at best, you know, questionable and there's... There's no real sort of evidence to that. But what I'm trying to say this morning is this is not that. This, this was a bodily resurrection. Jesus said, come over and feel me. You know, don't, don't think I'm a ghost. Come and find out. I'm flesh. Oh, this, was a, this was a complete resurrection. He was bodily resurrected. They touched him. People sat down and ate with him. That's not something that you just imagined sort of happened because you saw a shadow in the night. They sat down, they had food together. There was no doubt God was affirming and making it clear to people, look, he's alive, he's, a, he's as much alive, he's more alive than he was before. And they touched him and they ate with him and they talked to him. And they had long conversations. And uh, he, he, he taught people, he preached to people. And he was around for some 40 days. It wasn't, this wasn't something that people say they saw something in an hour or half an hour. This went on for days. This went on for weeks. He was bodily raised from the dead. And the Bible says that he even appeared to one group where there was 500 gathered together at one time. Now, we don't know what that is. Bible scholars have said, I wonder where that was or, or who it was. But it was known back then. There was never any dispute about the resurrection of Christ in the day. In fact, even his enemies did not dispute that it had happened. They just tried to cover it up. They, they, they didn't say it hadn't happened. They said, what, how are we going to explain this? So the bodily resurrection of Christ is very important. And I want to give you the three things that the resurrection of Christ means to us today. Number one... The resurrection of Christ is confirmation that God accepted the payment for our sin. It's confirmation because, you know, you can, you can do a lot of things as people try to do. Acts chapter 5, I'm going to read from in a moment. You can do a lot of things to try to cover sin. And people around the world, you know, they do lots of things to try to take away the sin or the bad from their life. But the resurrection was God saying to the world, okay, I fully accept the payment that was made for sin. And, and, and it's important to say that because this morning that should give you confidence because there is no confidence in yourself. Uh, 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 some of you have noticed that even after you became a Christian, you still sinned. And, uh, and there are times if you, if you get dark enough into sin, doubts will come up in your mind. And you, you will wonder uh, about a lot of things. But that's when you need to point yourself back to the resurrection of Christ. The resurrection of Christ was God saying to the world, okay, I accept the payment that Jesus has made for your sin. 
Now, prior to that, whatever they did had to be repeated. You remember that? You could go and sacrifice an animal and, and blood was shed and you prayed for forgiveness of sins, but you'd have to go and do it again next week. Or you'd have to go and do it again next month. It was just unending. But, but this, this resurrection, the Bible says in Acts chapter 5, verse 30 and 31, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus. God raised up our Saviour. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus. In verse 31 it says, Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a saviour, to give repentance and forgiveness of sins. Now that message was preached to Israel, but it's preached to all of us. And what the Bible is saying here is God the Father raised Jesus Christ from the dead and, and to confirm him as the saviour, as the one that we go to when we repent. When you repent, the first door you better come knocking on is Jesus. You, you may have to repent some other things in some other directions, but the first one you go to is Christ. The first person you've grieved is Christ. Uh, David said that when he sinned. He said, I've sinned against God. And, and that's the first point of call. So, God, God raised Jesus from the dead uh, to confirm him as our saviour and, and that we could have repentance and forgiveness of sins. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, he did not say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. And what he was saying was, the price has been paid. It's all done now. I've lived a sinless life. I've obeyed God, I've been tested and tempted and yet without sin and now I'm a fit candidate to offer myself on behalf of sinners. And Jesus went to the cross, my sin, your sin, the sin of the world was laid upon him, God saw it, God took account of that, he was judged for our sin, the wrath of God was poured upon him because of our sin and uh, when it was done, it was done and that's it. And that's why we don't have to revisit it. And that's why we don't have to find, uh, you know, another animal, another sacrifice, another way. Jesus is the saviour of the world. The resurrection confirmed that. God raised him from the dead as a confirmation that the price was accepted. Now, you can, you can, you, there are other things, let me say, the Bible makes clear that God will not accept. Remember from the beginning in the book of Genesis, there was one there who thought that he might find acceptance with God through good deeds. Or, or remember that, Cain, who, who, who had an alternative way of... God did not accept that. And God has never said there are multiple roads and you'll all get to heaven some way. God has been very clear. Jesus Christ is the only road to heaven. He's, he's the only saviour. There are not multiple saviours. Mark it down. If you care about your friends, you better tell them about the saviour. If you, if you, 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 you say, well, I, I, you know, they won't appreciate that. Well, you decide if you care more about what they think about you or you care more about where they'll spend eternity. But, but be clear of this fact. If a man dies without Christ, he dies in his sins and there is no salvation outside of Jesus Christ. There is no second chance. There's no get out of hell card that you can get. When it's done, it's done. You need Christ and you need Christ today. And if you have Christ, boy, we, we, we thank God for that. The greatest thing that was ever done for you was the gift of your salvation. And he's given you that. So God raised him as a confirmation of that. 
our trust is not in a belief system. You know, there are many people around the world who have a belief system. It's, it's common today to talk about your values or your value system or your belief system or, or that which you identify with. You know, we're not, we're, not, we're not committed. We didn't come into this because of a belief system. We came into this because of Christ, a person. And, uh, and uh, our trust is not just in a belief system. There are many belief systems around the world. Uh, our trust is not just in a religion. Our trust, listen carefully, is not in a super church somewhere that has dominated the political and historical landscape for centuries. Uh, th- there, are, there are millions trusting in a church rather than the Saviour. Our trust is not in someone near to Christ that we have to go to and ask them, could you speak to Jesus on my behalf, please? Our trust is in Jesus Christ himself. He's the only saviour. He's risen from the dead. His bodily resurrection sets him apart from all others. There have been many great teachers in the world, but you can go and visit their graves somewhere. But Jesus Christ alone has an empty tomb, and he's alive and seated at the right hand of God our Father today. And we're trusting in Christ and Christ alone. The Bible says the Lord is long-suffering to us in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Not willing that any should perish. That ought to tell you that there's a danger that you will perish. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You ought to commit your life to Christ. He gave his all for you. You ought, you ought to live for Jesus because he lived for you. You ought to be willing to, to, to understand your reason for being here is Christ. And we get so caught up in so many other things and I'm going to tell you, you'll squander a life. You'll end up with a saved soul but you would have lived a lost and wasted life. Christ, Christ, Christ is our reason for living. Christ is our saviour. Christ is our Lord. Christ first, me way down after that. Jesus won. And uh, we need to understand that Christ, it's all in Christ and Christ alone. The Bible says in John chapter 3, some of the greatest words that have ever been written down anywhere, uh, God's simple call to all men and women and children of all cultures, in all countries, in all places. Simple enough that a child could understand it. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved might be saved. Resurrection means that you too will be raised alive to eternal life. It, it confirms that you also will be raised. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verse number 20 to 22, verse 20 says, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. That's talking about those who died. For since by man, that's Adam, 
came death. By man, that's Christ, also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so, watch it here, watch it, in Christ shall all be made alive. If you're in, if you're in Christ, you're in Christ. When you, when you get saved, you get put in Christ. You're not just a believer of Christ, you're in Christ. You're sheltered by his righteousness. You're covered by his blood. You hide yourself behind the cross. And when we get saved, he gets in us, but we get in Christ. And so the resurrection means that one day you too will be raised bodily unto eternal life. Now, this is a, this is a serious and sobering matter. And it's often sort of lost in uh, the broad scope of our talk of eternity and heaven, but, but there's just something we need to perhaps remind ourselves of here. The Bible says there is a resurrection coming for everyone. And what I said earlier was that, that the resurrection of Christ and you being in Christ guarantees you a resurrection unto eternal life. And I purpose to say that because that is the language of the scriptures. So, so what the Bible says, and if you don't have this marked, you ought to mark it. It's in John 5, verse 28 and 29, and it's directly it's the words of Jesus. If it's not marked, you ought to have it marked because you need to understand this. In uh, John 5, verse 28, it says, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. So he says everybody is going to be called back up. Listen, when, when, when Adam sinned, you, you understand before Adam sinned, you're a tripart being, your body, soul and spirit. When Adam sinned, the curse of death came on our body. It, it, we were spiritually cut off from God, but, but our bodies die. But it was always the plan of God that, that we're going to come back to a whole being. The people in the lake of fire will be there bodily. They'll be there bodily. Now, the people in hell now are not there bodily. They're there in spirit. Uh, but, they, but there's going to be a day when God is going to call everybody back from the grave. They're going to come out. And it's going to be done at the sound of his voice. How powerful is the voice of God? Let me remind you, he spoke the creation into being. He didn't do anything with his. He just said it and it became. Well, you... You ought to have faith in what you're asking God to do. Because if he can just speak the whole creation, the whole, the whole world into being, there's great power in his name. It is said that when Jesus stood at the graveyard to call Lazarus out, Jesus said these words, Lazarus, come forth. Many people have, have commented on the fact that if Jesus had just said, come forth, you would have had a mass exodus from those graves. And that's why he said, Lazarus, come forth. Because the day is coming 
where Jesus himself said, don't marvel at this, that all will hear the voice of God and will be called forth. Now, he distinguishes those resurrections in John 5 as being a resurrection of life and a resurrection of damnation. And everybody will be in one of those two categories. If you're in Christ, you're guaranteed a resurrection of eternal life. Your body will be reunited with your soul and you'll have an eternal body. It'll be like the one that Jesus had. You'll be able to touch people. So you're not going to be in heaven and just sort of blow through someone and didn't notice it. You know what I'm saying? We get a bit spooky and a bit crazy sometimes, but just need to understand that how God planned it, it's all coming back that way. And there'll be a, you'll be reunited with a glorified body, one like Jesus, but you'll be able to be touched. Boy, I, I, it's going to be good to give some people in heaven a hug. Boy, there's some people that we miss. And, 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 and we've shed a lot of tears down here about their remembrance. And one of the joys of heaven is going to be reuniting with people we love. And, and to do it in the presence of God, which the Bible calls the joy of thy Lord. Heaven is a joyful place. All the sorrows of this world will be gone. All the burdens of this age will be passed away. Uh, all the wickedness that has surrounded us will be gone. Heaven is a place of joy. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ assures those who are in Christ that you will have a resurrection also bodily unto eternal life. In Daniel 12 verse 2 it says, and I find all these verses sobering, and many of them, this was spoken by uh, God's messenger unto Daniel, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life and some to, listen to it, shame and everlasting contempt. It's sobering. It's sobering. It's sobering. I, I wouldn't want to be these who boast themselves against God. I, I wouldn't want to be these who celebrate their sin. I, I wouldn't want to be these who recruit others to their sin. I wouldn't want to be these who, who, who say there's no shame in anything anymore. The Bible says at the resurrection there'll be those who will uh, come alive unto shame and everlasting contempt. But as a believer in Christ, you can be certain that you have a resurrection unto eternal life. Jesus said in John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, some of the greatest words you'll ever read in the Bible... Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die, no eternal death. Believest thou this? He asked. In Revelation 1.18, the risen Christ spoke these words, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore and have the keys of hell and death. His resurrection guarantees ours. 
He was the first fruits, but we will follow after. He is forever alive and he holds complete authority over death and hell. The last thing this morning that I want to say the resurrection of Christ means to us, it means that Jesus is alive now and can hear you when you pray and call to him. He's, he's alive. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13 and 16 uh, to 16 says this, I want to read it. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. There's nothing he cannot see. But all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, the verse we love, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Here's why we go. Here it is. That we may obtain mercy. I don't know about you, but I'm well aware I need the mercy of God. I'm well aware of that. Scarcely a day goes by I don't pray a prayer like that. I'm well aware. I know him this morning, folks, but I want to tell you I fear him as well. I fear him. I fear him. I know I have an appointment with him. I know that all secrets will be brought out and everything will be known to him. I know that he searches my heart and he searches my spirit. I know that. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. He's in heaven, alive, and he's listening right now. You can pray to him. That's what the resurrection means. He understands the human condition. He understands us. There's nothing we go through that he doesn't understand. And lastly, if we call and come eat, and we do have some need sometimes, don't we? We do have some need. Sometimes we're okay. But isn't it true sometimes we really have some needs? And the Bible says the living Christ invites you to come to him and, and, and declare your need and seek grace and it says help for those times. Well, let's have a word of prayer. I'm done this morning and then Andrew is going to come and uh, we're going to have the Lord's Supper today. We're going to remember him in the way that he appointed for us to do and uh, we'll remember uh, his sacrifice, also remember his resurrection so let's just take a moment to pray and then Andrew will come to the pulpit. Father, uh, thank you. Uh, we want to say that we believe that Jesus is alive right now. We put our trust in him. Lord, we're not trusting in anything else. We're not trusting in ourselves. We believe there's only one saviour and one way to heaven and we're trusting in Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that he willingly gave himself, offered himself up. Thank you, Lord, that you raised him alive to show us that you've accepted the penalty for our sin. 
Lord, we, we, we love you. We know that we have a coming resurrection also. We remember you today. We ask your blessing on the word of God as it has gone forth. We know that it would not return void. I pray for any here today, and surely there would be some, who have never received Christ as their own saviour, who are outside the covering of his forgiveness. And I pray, Lord, for them that you would open their eyes and their understanding to their need. And I pray, Lord, that they might call out from their heart and receive Christ in the simplicity of the gospel and that, Lord, they would be saved. Uh, hear our prayer. Uh, strengthen us, Lord, today in our faith. Lord, we're not sure how many more Resurrection Sundays we'll have before we'll be in your presence, but we do remember you again on this one. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Andrew.